Hi friends. Word up. It's me, Adam, and it's Jerris. And Trevor is out and about. Trevor handed me his letter of resignation a little while ago. We may be we may be searching for a new uh, co-host. You know, speaking, we should just call up Russ. You know, a lot of times he's just on the uh, on the old five these days, and you can sometimes you can just call him up, and he's just hanging out. Tell you what, if I see him, I'll call him. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Why don't you send him a text message? See if he can jump on. Okay, you keep talking while okay. I send the text message. But uh, and also, Trevor, big news! I think he bought a house. He really hasn't said much. I'm pretty sure he bought a house, and I think that's what I, it sounds like he's been painting a lot these days. You know, getting the house ready to live in. Oh, uh, is that why he's so busy these days? Yeah, you know, if you followed him on Instagram, you'd see him and his wife are posting constantly pictures of them painting and stuff. Uh, you feel Anyone can feel free to follow Trevor on Instagram, by the way. Um... What's his username? <laughs> I think it's Triz Nene. He really welcomes anyone to follow him. And he posts a lot of pictures of cute things like his kids with, you know, faux hawks and, and, you know, the girl with her shirt off, which I think is still okay. At what point is that not okay? I think when they start refusing, you know, like when you have to convince them. <laughs> <laughs> they should. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> and I guess is it is it like I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a soft line. Maybe it's a soft line. I'll tell you. You know my problem with Trevor and you a little bit. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it though. Actually, never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop myself right there. I think I think I know what you're gonna say. The filter just caught something. It didn't make it all the way through. It made it I far. Think I know what you're gonna say? Can I guess? Sure. You you don't, do you not think we're dedicated to the podcast? No, that's not what I was gonna say. Oh come on, tell me what you're gonna say. <laughs> no, we'll save it for a private combo. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have an outtake. It know? had it had to do with your. Uh, your use of Instagram. Oh, you think we use it too much? No. I think it's all kids. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. What else are you supposed to do? Here's... Okay. How about this? How about this? Okay? Anytime I take a picture not of kids, I get like three... Not three. Like six or seven likes. <laughs> you take a picture of a kid, boom. 20 likes. <laughs> so you're... You're selling out. That's what you're doing. It not, has nothing to do with selling out. All those social media sites are all about um, uh, validation. And if you're not getting validated, you stop. That's why I stopped doing Twitter. Like I, I, I tweeted a couple times, but I'm like, who's looking at these tweets? Like yeah. I don't even know if people are enjoying this. Like, like I'm looking at other people's Twitter and and not really enjoying this and. And um, that's a good point. Like I had to wade through so much stuff to get to anything worthwhile. And, you know, I just. That's a good point. I'll give you that. 
So I mean, if 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 I started posting pictures of like leaves on the ground and very artistic filters and with really catchy stuff, and people were eating it up, I'd be doing that, you know. Uh huh. So see, what I'm going to challenge you to do then is to make your content compelling. Okay, Adam. Let me ask you a question. I have a little thing called. Uh, church art. Have you ever liked one of my church arts? I don't think I've ever seen one. Well, then you aren't a very close follower because I've posted at least three or four. These are these are doodles I do during church, and then I post them on the web. I love that. See, I love that idea. But like I said, you know, I got to give the people what they want. That's and, true. And the people don't want that. The I people guess. demand kids. Yep. And cats. Get a cat. Yeah, cats of Instagram. That's a hashtag that's going to get you a lot of followers. <laughs> um, so, Jairus, with that fun introduction, we've got some sad things to talk about. Hey, just so you know, like, the problem with using my phone with Skype is someone just called me, so it put you on hold, so I missed about 30 seconds of what you just said. Oh, shoot. I was just going to say, we had a fun little intro... But now we've got some sad things to talk about. Oh, man, it's just depressing, isn't it? BYU had a very bad week this week. You know, this is a new, maybe not new. I mean, anyone who's been a fan has been there. But this is kind of a new Dave Rose era place for us. You know, like, we, we're used to, like, losing to the big guys. We're not used to losing to the teams we should beat. Yep. And it doesn't feel good. Nope. I'm going to be the first to say, this does not feel good. I think it has a lot of people scratching their heads. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe we're scratching our heads a little bit. Like, I, I'm with you. This is a very odd... I mean, not only are we losing to teams that we should beat, but we lost two in a row, you know? One of, one of Dave's Rose's big things is, you know, this guy bounces back from losses. Yeah. But, however, and before we go any farther, I just want to say I want to refrain from bashing bashing Dave Rose. You know, I think that's a good call. Um, I think that's the easy way out. Yeah. You know, it's the easy way. So what's the deal, Jerry? What, what do you, what, what's your take on this whole situation? Well, here's the deal. You want to hear, and we've talked about this. We're not good. <laughs> you know what I mean, and yeah. and and on, I think that's just kind of the honest to goodness thing. We, you know, I think Ross Mitchell, our friend Ross Mitchell, you know him. I do know Ross. <laughs> I think he said it best. It's like we've got two national or basketball, you know, NCAA basketball players, and like eleven bench guys. Now, yeah, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. Um, what are what are your expectations as a BYU basketball fan? Make the tournament. Win at home and make the tournament. Every year? Sure, why not? Let me ask you a follow-up question. When is the what what is the year that you like really became a BYU basketball fan? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I probably would say 
My second year at BYU. That's not very long ago. Like 2006. Okay, because that's my, that's my thing. I think this is going to be the second year, unless something really, really great happens, this will be the second year that BYU misses the tournament under Dave Rose. The first year was his first year coaching. Well, I remember my very first game in the Marriott Center, and honestly, it might have been ever. Um, we played Loyola Marymount and lost. And I was yeah. like, what? I remember that. I that didn't was... know anything about the, I didn't know anything about the BYU team. You know, that was Dave Rose's first game. Is that right? Uh huh. See, like I said, I really don't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know anything about the team. Um, all I, my big thing is I love sports. You know, even more than teams a lot of times. I just love sports. So I just, you know, I went to the game, and when we lost, I was blown away. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were, like, you're not supposed to lose to stupid schools. Yeah. Well, now so, in our conference. So what I'm saying is, um, Dave Rose has kind of set a pretty good standard. Yeah. We've gone to the tournament six consecutive years, maybe is it more? At least six. Which isn't normal. We got to remember that's not normal, especially for BYU. Before, well, yeah, I think I, you know, I don't know the the stats, but I don't think that's normal for anyone. Yeah, yeah, unless you're like upper echelon. Well, even those guys. That's true. I mean, think about like, if I say anyone, it might be wrong, but like even Arizona, who who won it a couple of years ago, I think they've gone a couple of years without making it, haven't they? Well, and, and another good example is Florida. Florida, this is a few years ago, Florida wins the national championship. They didn't even make the tournament the next year. Won it two, two years in a row. Yeah. Back to back. And then, yeah. and then the third year, they didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, I, I think, like I said, it's, 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 we've been spoiled. So our bar is not unreasonably high. It's make the tournament. And I'm right there with you. Let's let's make the tournament. Let's win at home. Let's make the tournament. And you know, honestly, beyond that, it also kind of makes me mad that we're in a crappier conference and not like and getting beat. You know, I'd be cool not making the tournament. Um, like like you know, you get second place in, in in the in the conference and not make the tournament. But I feel like. When we went from the Mountain West to the WCC, we took a step down. And now to lose to any of those guys, let alone a San Francisco or a San Diego, really bums me out. Just like it would have bummed me out if we would have ever lost to, like, Wyoming or, like... Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's, you know, like, when when a team is on the bubble, they kind of do that report, like... Good yeah. good wins, right? Um, good Signature losses, wins bad, bad losses, losses, whatever it is. The WCC has turned into a conference of, and, and it's extremely this way. I think it's either good wins or bad losses. There's no middle. You know, like in the in the Mountain West, if we would have lost to Colorado State, I don't I don't know if that would be a bad loss. You know. 
Yeah. But if we lose to San Diego, oh man, that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss, right. Well, I think the disparity, what's that word I'm looking for? Disparity. Parity. My wife's wife's helping me out. (laughs) Thanks, Suze. From top to bottom is a lot. I think some of those, some of those bottom teams are pretty low. Yeah. So I think I think the conference in total gets a pretty bad shake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, we're good at the top, but we're really bad at the bottom. Yeah. So, um, you know what was awesome? So it's it's kind of a bummer. Is basically what I'm trying to say is it sucks that we lost <laughs> to San Diego and San Francisco this last week. <laughs> that, and, and and you know. Let me ask you this: Is it better to lose to those those two opponents in the same week? Or no. Would you rather, let's say, you spread it out over two months? Ah, uh, I don't know, man. That's I, I think spread it out. Yeah, yeah, you probably spread it out, huh? Because we, because here's the here's the reality of it: we don't know, we don't we we're not sure if this losing streak's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, the scenario number two where we spread it out over two months, it means that, that there's some in between. This could. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, of course, I would have said you're crazy, but the way things are going now, I, we just, it seems like teams have us figured out. Seems like we can't respond to, you know, I don't know. They go on a little run. We can't stop it. I'll tell you what frightens me a little bit and I feel a little silly saying this because we scored 87 points against San Francisco that's yeah. a lot of points but I feel like when we need a basket I don't know where we go you know like when the game is running down on the line it just seemed like we couldn't make a single shot against San Francisco at the end and well, I, think- I just don't know who you turn to I mean I think that's pretty clear in um you know i wish i was a numbers guy you know like somebody that just had spreadsheets out in front of me but um our points per game is 87 for the year and is it really that high wow no sorry sorry i'm reading that backwards it's 78 ah so remember how remember how they used to have that thing where Maglebees would give uh, free cake if it, if we scored over eighty and that was just almost a given. Yeah, right. And I think in Dave Rose's offense is it's that run and gun offense that we should be just scoring. And I feel like eighty seven or sorry seventy eight is a little low. Well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's a lot of points still. But I see what you're saying. Well, I guess. Wait, is this overall in the? Oh, you know what? That actually is kind of high. I thought that's twelfth in the nation. I guess. Yeah. That's pretty high. I didn't want to say anything. Well, I wanted to let you have your moment. Somebody. Well, what have we been in the past? Is it? I mean, so what's changed? That we're allowing more points. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> well, when you give up ninety nine, it doesn't matter if you score eighty seven. Well, yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about our team a little bit. You know, 
if you're if you're pissed off right now as a BYU fan, if you're like freaking out because we're not going to make the tournament, we're losing to bad teams. I think we just need to realize who we are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like just take a look at our team. We've got two um two guys that are starting who are walk-ons pretty much. I guess Josh Sharp is a transfer, but it's not like we recruited him, you know. Right. Uh, and then our our main guy off the bench, Cusick, he's another walk-on, non-scholarship player. And a bunch of sophomores. I mean, just like Tyler Haas is a sophomore, Nate Austin is a sophomore, Anson Winder, Matt Carlino. I mean, these guys are all young, young pups. Young pups. So, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Know who we are. Dial it down a notch. You know, this isn't this isn't a senior-led Jimmer Fredette Jackson Emery team. And here's another thing I think that's important to kind of you know when when, when before you push the panic button, at least on our future, you can push the panic button on this season all you want. Uh, but before you put it on our future, like we really were supposed to have two starters that are on our not just on our bench but off the team right now. You know, yeah. in, in uh, Collinsworth and Rogers, and then you throw in Harrison, which yeah, he who, provided quality minutes. Who and knows? He had a mustache who, and a sweet dunk first uh, Baylor. Who like? I'll, I'll be the first to say that I wasn't a Demarcus Harrison fan, but who knows what he would have done this year? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he was definitely an asset. He, that's the guy you. I I'd keep him. I want him. Yeah. I'd put him on our bench. You know what I mean? And then Dave Rose, and we've talked about this before. Dave Rose made some desperate moves. Well, he, I he think went he out, was forced to, yeah. He went out and grabbed two JC guys that turned out to be kind of a bust. He asked Bronson Kafuzi, a football player, to join the team, which is, is pretty awesome. I think, I think he's pretty awesome. And then he asked Corey Calvert to stay home from his mission so he could play. You know, so... I think Dave yeah, Rose. A desperate. Yeah, even before the season started, I think Dave knew a storm was coming. You know. Hey, can we talk about? Okay, so Tyler Haas is a pretty awesome dude. Yes. What's up with him? Not being as I don't know, streaky. That's maybe the word I want to call it. Streaky. And I'm looking at his stats. Oh, for four from three. That's those are Carlino numbers. <laughs> you know those are Brock Zilstra numbers. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't think he's a three-point specialist. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, then why is he taking four? You know, how about how about four from for sixteen at the field? Um, are you talking about the San Francisco game? Yeah, buddy. No way, man. He was like. He had a great game against San Francisco. Field goals made, attempted, four for sixteen, for sixteen points. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, he he was eight for eight on free throws, but even on free throws, I've been disappointed. He's missed a couple front half and one on ones in some tight games. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. I think it's safe to say that he's kind of hitting a wall. Which well, is maybe, his. You know, his wall is still a lot. I don't know if he's uh I don't I don't really see him as a jump on my back and taking us to this win sort of guy. Really? No, yeah, no. 
I think I he wants to be that guy. What? I think he wants to be that guy. You think he wants to, or do you think he has to? That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. It's like he would be. I, you know, if we had a star and him, man, could you just imagine somebody that would take the pressure off and he would just hit shots? You just hit shots. That's what I want you to do. You hit shots. That is so. That is such an underrated ability. You know, just a guy that camps out on the three point line and hits shots. Well, and not even I guess necessarily the three point line because you know. The shot, the two shots in a row he made versus St. Mary's were two of the most incredible plays. You know, he created the shot and knocked it down. But I just kind of feel like as him being the man, I'm not sure we're making any runs in in March. Now, see, I'm going to disagree with you. Because I think Tyler Oz is a very special player. Yeah. I think I think he's going to I think he's going to do some great things. He might be our all-time leading scorer. Seriously, he might he might take Jimmer right. Fredette's throne. Well, depends on what you. Maybe he takes his like I don't know about a throne, dude. Like I mean, if if that's what you're saying is the throne, then maybe, but there's no way well, no, 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 I'm not saying he'll be the next Jimmer. He, he takes he takes his his codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> not the throne. No, I'm not saying he'll be the next Jimmer, but I'm saying he might score more than Jimmer. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. That's what I mean by the throne. Hey, interesting. Okay. Something that would be kind of cool. Um I was watching Sports Center, and you know Steph Curry and his brother is it? It's not Eddie Curry. That's the uh, pro. What's his brother's name? Uh, Tim. No, it's not Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is Eddie Curry. I don't know. Anyway, Steph Curry and his brother, who plays for Duke right now, they just broke the all-time uh, sibling scoring record. Held by the Hansborough brothers. Oh. Okay. Okay. Who would it be to have Tyler Hawes and TJ break that record? Because I think that could happen. There you go. These guys are, if these guys are getting buckets like they are, they could make a run at that. Interesting. Do they have to play together or do they not have to play together? So, like, Larry Bird and his brother are third on the list. Who, who knew Larry had a brother? Yeah, I'm just thinking, what happened to Larry's brother? <laughs> Larry's brother maybe scored not as many points. You know, he might not have really... Um... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't contribute much to that half. <laughs> no, yeah. And the nice thing is, both of those guys probably, you know, probably stick around for a while. You, you see Tyler leaving... Into the draft early? No way. See, me neither. Um, and I don't see TJ doing that either. I don't think Tyler's an NBA player. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's a really good college player. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Part of being a I BYU mean, part I mean, of being a BYU fan is realizing that your guys are college guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Across the board. Yeah, all sports. 
So let's talk about Matt Carlino. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to let you know. So it's been a, a couple of weeks since we, re- we recorded last, and in that time, I've made a uh, a pledge to Matt Carlino, a vow, if you will, to not talk bad about him. No, not to not talk bad about him, but just I made a vow to him that I will. Support him through thick and thin. See, you did that beforehand. You last time we had talked, you'd already made this now. You're Oh, am I am I am I rerunning old uh, old material? Well, at, at least why don't I maybe uh, maybe I've heard it from a different type of us saying out, but it yeah. seems like I've heard you say this. I think it was yeah, I, I think I told you privately. <laughs> in our, in one of our many <laughs> private conversations. Like sitting on couches talking to each other. <laughs> Jaris, I want to tell you something. <laughs> Sit down, please. Shut the door. What's going on? <laughs> no, but I just want to let you know that that commitment has held true. Good for you. And I know, I know, believe me, I know that Matt Carlino has, has had his fair share of mistakes, questionable plays. You know, heaven knows, I know. But I just want to let you know, Jarris, and all of the Death Star D community, that I am behind Matt Carlino. Like I said, good for you. I really, you know, I kind of, I kind of wish, it seems, it seems like there's two types of fans, and this probably isn't true, but it seems like there's two types. The type of fan that is just blinded by their team. They can do no wrong. You know, this is the type of fan that, like, stands up and everything. That's not a foul. And then on the other side, that's a foul. You know, these guys can see no distinction. Then there's the other guy that's just pissed. Always pissed, you know. Our team can't, you know, anything shy of a national championship is, is like a direct slap in the face to them. Yeah. And I think both have their problems but i think you need a i think you need a couple more just level-headed guys that'll just take it you know just kind of be like these are our guys yeah they may not be the best guys but these are our guys you know that reminds me of a conversation i had with my dad dad hello if you're listening to this we were you know it was it was a couple days actually it wasn't even past the san francisco game it was only past the san diego game and we were chatting and, you know, actually, I take that back. It was right after the San Francisco game. Okay. Like you were coming home? Yeah, we were driving home. Because I go to games with my dad. But anyway, yeah. we... Speaking um, of, I'd really like to go to games with your dad if your dad's listening. <laughs> uh, make a note. Okay. Um, so we're chatting, and you know we're we're talking about oh my gosh, how did it get to this point? What happened? You know, blah blah blah. Our guys can't do this, and blah blah blah. And and at the end of the day, you know, as we both just kind of decided, hey, this is our team, you know. Yeah. This is BYU. This is our team. It's our alma mater. It's the team that we grew up near. We love watching from our youth. And man, dang it. We may not ever win a national championship. We may Maybe? not. Yeah, well, I'm, we may not even make the tournament ever again. You know what I mean? Shit. But this is our team, dang it. 
and we're gonna love him. We're gonna. You know, I've always I've said this on the podcast as well. How much do you respect those guys? Like from, I mean, you think about those donors that like you know San Francisco or no, I don't want to talk about them because they actually have they live in San Francisco or San Diego and they're probably wealthy. <laughs> but I'm talking like these guys that just. You know, we've been to a couple of Wyoming games. The student body goes out, doesn't wear a shirt, chants <laughs> Power River, let them buck, W-Y-O, you know what I mean? Yeah. The the barrel man is out there without a shirt on when it's freezing. Because these are their guys, you yeah. know? And they're going to watch them get killed, and occasionally they're going to have some big, you know, ranked in the top 10 country, or team come in and they'll score a touchdown on them and get real excited. But most of the time there's going to be a lot of crappiness. Yeah. You know, I, I always think about that. Like it's really easy for me to understand why BYU has passionate, loyal fans because I'm close to the situation. I don't know. I, I just, it's easy for me because I see well, it yeah, all the time. Cause you're a fan. Right. But I always think, I'm always I always think about the other team. Like I always think about guys like Wyoming and New Mexico and DePaul and Drexler, you know, just these these podunk schools that you don't hear about like Creighton or whatever. They don't have a national thing. But there are every school has a a certain number of diehard fans, you know, that just they donate, they go to every game, they they read the message boards or whatever. I think that I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. That, that's why. That's one of the reasons I really love college sports is because you're connected to your school. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely you know, and I think that's what you know. Looking at a bigger picture, it kind of worries me the direction that college sports going with like all these billions and millions of dollars, and you know, it's. It's kind of it's becoming big business. You're no longer you can no longer see yourself in the best player on the team. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like oh, that's a regular guy. That's just a hardworking guy. It's like yeah. no, that guy's that guy's in in purgatory until he can make it to the pros. You know, he's forced yeah. to be there, yeah. and and you know what I mean? I think. But I think you're right. I think that's something that, that especially at some of these smaller schools or these schools that kind of have some deeper tradition, like, oh, that's that's good stuff, man. That's the, the roots run deep, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and just going off what you just said, I hope I hope there's always a, a part of the college game that stays pure, you know? I hope it's not all... Like, when you talk about starting to pay players, and that, that stuff kind of worries me, you know? Hey man, you you've heard my my thing. I think we I think we we being BYU and a couple hundred other schools just say hey BCS. Peace. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah, just create division 1 AA minor or whatever it is. We should hook up with the Ivy League. You know, the Ivy League doesn't even give athletic scholarships. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, that'd be pretty cool <laughs> to a certain extent. But I'm just saying, like, 
like I want to go. I, I love what like Division Two does. I know I can't. I don't know like those new like FCS or whatever. Uh-huh. I love what they do. You know, they've got these like little stadiums, and it's just their fans are there. You would never see a person wearing an Appalachian State uniform or T-shirt unless they, you know, went to Appalachian State or lived close by or something like that. You know. Yeah. And. You know they have these little, these little uh, stadiums, and everyone there is a fan, and you don't get any of these bandwagons. No one's bandwagon. You know, I can I don't even know. I can't even name any. You know, Eastern Washington. Yeah, right. No one's bandwagon these teams. Montana. Diehard fans. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and Let's I think that's. There. That's the frustration with being a BYU fan is we're in the middle, you know, we're like smack dab in the middle. Right. We're, yeah, yeah. We're not we, a BCS. We really are in the middle, aren't we? We're not a BCS team and we're not a dinky team, you know? And so we're always, it's like this, it's like the middle class. We're, we're in the, the nervous middle class. We can't stand it where we are, you know? So you got guys <laughs> like you that says, ah, oh, let's just go down and have fun with the, the lower class. But then there's also the other guys that are like, we want in the Big 12, you know, we want in the Pac-12. Well, here's here's the thing. I want, I want, I of course, as a as a as a fan, you want the highest of the high. You know, I want to be every time I look at like like Pat Forty, you know, I I look. Did he talk about BYU this week? Yeah, I do the same you thing. Know, I I look at them all the time. Are they ranked preseason ranked? Oh, what. This is garbage, you know? Yeah. But it's like the thing that sucks is we cannot compete with those guys if we keep the standards we have. Yeah. And I don't think that's a cop-out. You know, I think I think you can kind of say it like it's a cop-out. Like, oh, yeah, if we let our guys drink and do whatever they want and, like, paid off the cops when they get in trouble, yeah, we'd do it too. But, I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't feel like – Given the standards and the rules and the honor code, we can't compete. And I'd rather go to a place we can. Well, it's like basketball. <laughs> Our market is the LDS athlete. And and the, the way we succeed is when there are really good LDS athletes. Right. We, you know, BYU will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever be Getting able to... back together? They'll never be able to get the same kind of guys that Florida State gets, you know, right. or Florida gets, or Kansas State, or Texas A&M. You know what I mean? Right. Ever. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. So and an alley oop dunk is a highlight the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I can't remember where I was going with that, but I think you were just. You're just going that the, the we're in a But you know what? Basketball, that's okay, though. Because basketball, all the time you get some stupid school like Davison that goes to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. It's football that you really... I mean, if you have one superstar and three other really good, solid guys, you can make some noise. But in football, you need 20 yeah. Superstars. Yeah, you you need some NFL talent. Yeah. Whatever, man. Hey, so this is something we talked about just earlier, just briefly, but I want to bring it back up. What happened to the Marriott Center Magic? 
You know, know. You know what I'm talking you know, about? It must, be, it must be all these old people they put. Here's You, you mentioned the Loyola Marymount loss, uh, Dave Rose's first game. From that point until, I think, like three years later, we did not lose a single game at Remember home. That, it was like 74 straight wins at the Marriott Center. Yeah. It, I remember this vividly. I mean, this is like the meat of when I am a huge BYU basketball fan. So I remember every season. I remember every almost every game. It became to the point that we were invincible. Like, no matter who came in, we were not going to lose. Did Wake Forest snap that, or was it before that? Yeah, Wake Forest snapped it. And that was a freaking close game. And we should have won that game. But, you know, like, for example, we'd go down to UNLV, and they'd beat us by 30. And then they'd come up to our place, and we'd beat them by 30. You know what I mean? It's like there was something about playing in the Marriott Center that had everyone spooked like crazy. And something about playing in the Thomas Mac. Yeah, that's true. What happened, yeah, man? I don't know. No, obviously the team's low right now. And, you know, maybe something has to do with the, you know, the new setup of where the crowd sits and everything. But most likely, home field, home court advantage doesn't have as much weight as we always want to put on it so we lost um to wake forest in 2008 such a sweet game that was a freaking awesome game even though we lost it was pretty pretty awesome still we had some sweet seats that year that year we also lost to unlv in provo Son of a gun. And then, since then, we've lost at least one game every year. 2009, I mean, we're talking Jimmer years, Jackson years. Yeah, last years. Last years. <laughs> um, it, it bums me out, man, because I remember m- m- being in the Marriott Center was a guaranteed win for oh, us. Yeah. <sighs> and it bums me out. It really makes maybe me someday, sad. Huh? Maybe, maybe here in a little bit. So, so we need to get back there. Like what you were saying earlier, we need to get to the tournament and win at home. You're exactly right, man. We need to win at home. Win, like playing at home should mean win. Because, you know, in basketball, it's almost like one of those things, especially in conference, it's okay to lose your away games against tournament teams. It's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like if you lost every away game to a tournament team and won every home game to a tournament team, you're going to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think BYU is a good example of that. You know, if if BYU beats St. Mary's and beats Marymount, and did we lose to, did we lose any other home games this year? Well, San Francisco. Well, that's what I mean. And the, and the, sorry, I, I said Marymount, and I meant San Francisco. We are at, we are on the bubble, but we're still there. And, oh yeah. And if we beat Gonzaga, we're in. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, man, you got to hold serve at home, and and we knew it. We knew how to do it once, and it's it's lost now, and I, it really bums me out. We need to get back there. Hey, next time, next time. Greg Rubel has a coaches show. Will you please tweet in a, that that uh, question? 
Yeah, I think they're doing one right now, actually. Why aren't you on the Twitter machine? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Anyway, so let's wrap it up. How about this, Jarris? Yeah. Uh, we didn't get to talk about the Super Bowl. Just quick thoughts on the Super Bowl. How rad was it? It was fun. It was a pretty dang good game. I'll tell you what, something else that was cool. It was kind of cool and kind of sucky. So I didn't watch a single snap of the Super Bowl. What? Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I know why. I listened to it. And actually, it was kind of a cool experience. You know, because, I don't know, it just kind of felt like, you know, you took me back 45, 60 years or whatever. Yeah. And I'm gathered around the uh, the the AM, you know. So were the radio commercials as good as the TV commercials? No. <laughs> In fact, they were they were like the exact same freaking commercial over or, and over again. They should have just done one guy like describing what he's watching on TV. <laughs> and, and that would actually be really funny. <laughs> um, okay, it's like it's a really sexy lady. She's eating like a the, she's like eating a, a burger. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that was kind of disappointing is like. Occasionally, like I think the play-by-play guy was amazing. I couldn't believe how well he was able to like call plays and everything. But occasionally he gets behind the play, and you don't know this other than you can hear the crowd either cheer or groan based uh. on what thing is. So like like if it's if if it's like a third and nine, all of a sudden you hear this huge outburst and you're like oh they picked it up and then he's still like dodging tackles cutting left <laughs> falls forward you know and you're like i already know they made it you know yeah. what i mean yeah and so that was kind of um you know kind of sucked and the other thing that kind of sucked is sometimes you just be like wait what no wait seriously what happened you know and you just could you just could not picture what was going on but it was fun that's cool. That's that's a cool experience. I'm glad you shared that with us. So, yeah. And then the other thing, so we were in, uh, we were driving through like, like East Nevada during the time, which there's nothing freaking there. And every once in a while we just lose service. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd sit there for like five minutes in silence as you're like trying to like pick up the signal again. Uh-huh. Then you pick it up and it like is in the middle of a play and you're like, what's going on? Who has the ball? What the heck? So that's that cool. Kind of that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you had that experience. What about, what about you? I guess. Um, you know, actually, uh, I had to tape it and watch it later myself. Uh, I can't do that. But anyway. Um, but I skipped a, a, ahead a lot. I mean, yeah, it, it was hard, but. I was glad it was a good game. Glad Pitta got a touchdown catch. That was awesome. Yeah, that was kind of cool, huh? Yeah. Especially after we just talked about how BYU doesn't have a lot of NFL talent. Yeah. Yeah, glad to see the one guy that is there <laughs> got a touchdown. <laughs> so. All right. Well, anyway, hey, Jarris, I've got a, a challenge for you. Oh, I accept. Come on down to the, the game on Saturday. You can be my guest of honor. Uh-huh. 
Well, maybe. I think we're going to I think we're going to Idaho this weekend. Ugh. You know, it's either it's north or south with you. It's it's Idaho or St. George. Well, you know, I have Monday off. Oh yeah, P Day, pre- President's yeah, Day. Very, very, very seldom am I around on a three day weekend. Yeah. So you're off living life, and you can't fault you for that. Yeah, no, I can't. No. Yeah. Anyways, hey, have fun this Valentine's. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Tell your sweetie hello for all of us at Death Star D. I will. You, too. Oh, I was actually talking to oh, our audience. talking to everyone. Yeah, I wasn't talking to you. Hold them tight. Yeah. Remember yeah. the true meaning of Valentine's Day. Yeah. I'm going to go watch The Bachelor, dude. Oh, okay. Sorry. I won't take you any longer. Okay. Bye, Jairus. Love you, bud. Bye. See ya. Yeah.